You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Well, what does the fox say? I think we finally figured it out. It talks to you in human speak. We're talking about Green Knight. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I'm excited to talk about this movie. How did we get to talking about this movie? Was it just internet hype that kind of was talking about this and we put it on the list? Was, um, it, was it me? Was this my idea to put this one? You know, let's say it was your idea, but let's let's actually talk about the truth. The truth was you and I do have similar taste in movies, mostly nostalgia. But when it comes to newer movies, we don't really agree. Listen to our episodes, everybody. And I saw the trailer for this, and I immediately called you months ago, and I was like thinking to myself before I called you, yeah, this is this is this definitely an Eric movie. So we watch so many of my shit. Got to give one to Eric here. I figured this would be right up your alley. We have to do this for you. Also, it's A24, which is a company that I'm lukewarm on. So this is pre- pretty much my gift to you for this one. Oh, well, thank you very much. I do enjoy A24. It does seem like a lot of their movies are hit or miss. Usually more hit for me, but mm-hmm. they have made a, a very questionable movie every so often where it's just like, all right, well, I'm sure somebody liked this. But um, this is one such movie here that we're talking about. Starring Dev Patel was another yes, thing, too. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's he definitely has been a lot. I I know him from Skins. If everyone remembers the the UK TV show, he's also been in many other things as well too. Uh, rewatching him in Newsroom right now, but um, this is a writer director combo. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, writer directed by David Lowry. Mike Lowry. So David Lowry, what has he done? Let's uh, see, let's see a ghost story, Pete's Dragon, the remake. Ooh. Ooh. Which, yeah, I don't think that's something to be, uh, uh, he's doing a Peter and Wendy, uh, Peter Pan type movie. I think that's he's filming right now. Filming All right. right so now. this guy does fantasy films. That's, that's uh, what he does. Looks like he does shorts. Uh, looking at his, uh, directing sheet here, it looks like a lot of them are just shorts. It looks like he just has kind of a vision and definitely goes for it. But either way, here we are, the, the Green Knight. Um, not a, sh- a short story, originally a poem, rather. It come to life on the silver screen. Uh, yes. So it, it, an interesting look uh, at the story it, itself. It takes uh, place in Camelot, a very old King Arthur this this time, um, and his young nephew, uh, Gawain. Oh, he's the nephew. You see, that's one thing. I, had a, I did not have the luxury of having subtitles. So um, it was very hard for me to follow a lot of the beginning. I did not have subtitles either, which would, I'm sure, make it harder for anyone to watch this movie. It's done in the, uh, how do you want to call this? In, in Old the, English speak? Yeah, in, in the right tongue. Right. Uh, where, speak. yes, where they refer to themselves as thee and thou and very, very old fashioned. So mm-hmm. it was, I don't know if it was completely right at the time, obviously, it, you know, wasn't around back then, but it did seem to provide some authenticity to the movie. That's one thing about A24 that I will say is that all the movies they produced that I've seen so far have been pretty period accurate. I mean, talk about The Witch as an example. That was 
pretty period accurate. And I also find it funny just because I made that comment to you about the witch the other day. So I Googled it. Why does it have like the two V's to make it look like a W, you know, in the poster of the witch? That's right. And, and it, I guess old English speak or tongue, if you will. Uh, it's actually called not the witch. The movie's actually called the Vich. Okay, like the Viper has come to he, yeah, like just, he vicious to wash and wipe your windows. This is how they that's how they said you know the W's back then. So knowing that going into this movie, I'm knowing that I'm in for hardcore fantasy. I knew nothing about the Green Knight. I knew nothing about the story. Of course, I knew about Camelot and King Arthur's court. And hey, I've seen a knight. A, a, a kid in King Arthur's court. I know what it is all about now. Yep. So, um, did not know what I was getting into. So, but anyway, um, okay. So, what's the, what's the nephew name? Gawain? Yes. Sir, Gawain. Uh, well, I guess not knighted yet, but Gawain, yes. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go through this, uh, scene by scene if I can, not really, but kind of, from somebody like you who knows the story, and somebody like me who has no idea what I'm getting into, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, I am I'm, not claiming, by the way, to be an expert at all this. I, I read this these stories of uh, King Arthur's court and the knights that followed in in grade school when they had like those um, a lot of those you know those young adult books that were right. yeah it, exactly. They, anyway, they had one with King Arthur and his court. And I thought it was fantastic. They had a lot of uh, cool stories there, obviously. Everyone likes the one about Lancelot. Um, you know, just kind of an epic knight's tale, an epic journey. And that's really what I think I was expecting. And I think I, I really, to be honest, got something like that. It's a different t sort of knight's tale, right? It is different. And, and for me to kind of, who we all know on record, I hate fantasy. Especially hard fantasy. Everyone Jordan hates having fun. It's it's <laughs> so, been known. Uh, it, I mean, his face when fun happens is disturbing. It'll throw you off. Yes, but you still love me. But here's the thing, though. I like to kind of go through this through what I saw through my eyes. Since I didn't even know he was a nephew. And I, I didn't think it would be entertaining for you. But this is what I know. Mm. Okay. So, Gawain is his nephew, right? This is what I see. This is all my stuff. Anyway, uh, they're in Camelot, right? And Gawain is, wakes up at the beginning of the movie at a brothel with a short hair Ripley character. And she's like a whore or something like that. She's like a friend but a whore or whatever. Played by uh, Alicia Vikander. Don't know who that is. Deus Ex Machina, if you remember. Oh, oh okay. And he gets, he has to, what, he got summoned, he got called to go hang out with Arthur. I, I don't know why he was running. Again, he, I couldn't understand. I, I believe it's Christmas. It's Christmas Day, but why did he get woken up and had to go so frantic to the to to? Well, the it, it's Christmas. Call. It's Christmas morning, and his uh, his mistress or his partner or whatever you want to call her girlfriend, sure, mm -hmm. is leaving to go to church for Christmas, and really is kind of encouraging him to do the same. And he seems to be very disinterested. Um, I I actually kind of did a. Uh, a little skim through again of this movie on on my own time, just to kind of pick up of certain points. And this being one of it, I mean, this movie does a very good job at crafting its scenes as it shows you, the viewer. Every scene is something like a, a development towards the character of of Gawain and how this person is very much uh, 
a sleazy character. Not necessarily sleazy, but you know, one who takes shortcuts, one who's not honorable, one who is who's not, you know, of of the same caliber of knight of the round table, you know. I don't think he's a good guy. I no, mean, that's what they're they're no. showing it here on Christmas that he would rather be in this brothel with this girl getting drunk and like forget everything and just ignoring the obligations that he has to church and family. Everyone's right. going. It's Christmas. Everyone's going to church and everyone's going to be with with family. He went home because he had to get ready to be summoned to go to Christmas with King Arthur. Now, okay, so though so he goes home and gets dressed, but there's this uh, other woman. Her her uh, her skin complexion is the same as his. Is that is that his mom? Mother. That were yes. That's his mom. Okay, so he goes there. And King Arthur and his wife look haggard, like they got the plague. Like, I mean, they're old, but they don't look old. It looks like they have some sort of disease because underneath their eyes are just bags. And they're like black and blue eyes. And I'm just like, they don't look old. They, really. They've seen some shit. This is actually, um, I didn't mind this. This showed a king and queen who have been around, you know, they, they, they're, they're weathered. Their their experience, they you can see how heavy the crown is on their head. Yeah, I noticed that. Like I noticed, just like that again. One thing with a twenty four that I don't want to keep on saying is that every sing every scene is important character development. There's one other thing too before we get into the nuts and bolts of this. I I probably will be complaining soon, but there's one thing that I want the people that listen to this episode understand is that this movie is visually amazing. And that's one thing about all those kind of movies with A24. Like, this is a beautiful-looking film. It's very – it's shot well. Whoever the cinematographer is, amazing. Yeah, I will agree with that because there are many such scenes that, that come up that just look – and more as it gets into the, to the journey. These few scenes before, like, you know, we get to this – uh, Christmas church uh, scene, I guess, in the middle. There's, there's a few. I like uh, the part where where Gawain is riding his horse up the cobblestone road of Camelot mm-hmm. into the castle, where we get to kind of see these these weird shots of Camelot, and it's great, by the mm-hmm. way, too. Oh, you know what? Um, something to point out too is because of the lighting. Every part of this movie, it seemed, especially inside, that we were getting. A natural light, almost like it's dark. You know, like there are torches and candles that are only used to light these rooms, and sunlight. They use the natural sunlight, right. which is, like, is fantastic. So you have this contrast between like this red hue and like this blue hue of light that they are coming in, and you get two different lights in in a scene sometimes. And the way that it shines through, it's great. The way that the, the background is dimly lit with the torches on the wall, but the main spotlight, the character, is being presented through the sunlight coming through the window. Right. It, it was a very great way visually to put that together. I'm sure it had to be very technical as well, too, to kind of, to, you know, to dance that choreography, too. Now, 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 we all know that I'm, that I'm not a fan of fantasy, but out of the medieval movies that I have seen in my lifetime, this is definitely the best looking. 100%. Yeah, I, and I really did appreciate that. I'm sure a lot of people did as well. Especially coming from like you know other movies like it, or even Game of Thrones, where these 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 rooms, these like these main kind of you know uh, meeting chambers that they have or dining halls that they have, 
are well lit, like well studio lit, you know. Chandeliers right. above top, so that way everything is lit. But this really felt better because right. of how dim and dark it, it still was. But you could still see everything. You you were still able to interpret what's happening in the scene. Yeah. So okay, so now here comes the confusion part for Jordan. So the talking. Yes, the talking. We get talking, blah, blah, blah. But I want to get to the big stuff because there's other things I want to discuss. Um, is they're all at the round, uh, the, uh, they're all at the round table. I kind of have a feeling that, that Gawain thinks he's going to be knighted or something. I don't know. And then all of a sudden his mom, who you said, it goes into this chamber place, like this other small little castle. And they have like a, like a voodoo rit- witch thing. I know that's two different things, but she's like summoning something it seems like and then out of nowhere here comes a green knight so before we talk about the green knight is what i just explained to you what i saw even accurate because i i I don't get what his mom's doing (laughs) yeah no that really seems like i i I don't yes i i agree with you i I don't understand really what's, what's happening my interpretation is is that his mother is obviously some sort of witchcraft wizard you know we still have you know that this is the age of kind of wizards and, and wizardry still witchcraft and still and which we get to see merlin in this movie too which i think was really cool how they did yes who doesn't do any magic so that's why i kind of like it. see that's why i thought there was no magic in this until what happens yeah there's but, no there's no like magic spells or incantations or anything like that but there's still like the presence is is there in in that that we get to see it through this. So yeah, the best I can think of is that his um, mother, for some reason or another, like summoned this challenge for him. It seemed that he was nervous because of the expectation of what was going to be asked of him. He knew because of the company that he is around, all these knights that he is with legends, you know, that he's around there, that, it is, it is eyes are on him, and he is expected to kind of join these ranks. And he's nervous about doing that because he's like, who, who the fuck am I to be with these people, to be with these giants? You know, which we get kind of um, literally later on in the movie here. But yeah. that's what I think is what it is, where he sees these this this room, you know, of, of these people around him, and he's like, you know, I am so small. I there's no way I can I can be this. So, even when he's in that room, and they ask, you know, oh hey, King Arthur wants to come see you, and he hesitates, you know, and even finishes his drink. Dev Patel is a very good actor, I think, and it really shows the worry that he has of just like, oh God, you know, I I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. I like having fun at the brothel and like living that life. I don't want to do this i don't want to live this life that you're that you expect of me you know to be honest with you on a personal note going through this character gawain he i actually see a lot of myself in him i mean just for your uh, explanation alone like i would rather party and have fun and not have these responsibilities just because you say i have to or these expectations and then yes i have to go on this quest because that's what's expected of me but don't expect me to enjoy the quest that i am on i feel a lot of my a lot of me in that character so that's why it was easy for me to follow him again this part of the movie i am i'm i'm, I'm still bored i'm still checked out gina's falling asleep my arms are crossed i, I am not having a good time so i'm assuming the mom summons the green knight to 
make a man, quote unquote, of Gawain? Probably not. But anyway, here comes the Green Knight. Visually amazing. He looks great. And from what I took from it, without reading later, from what I took from it, the Green Knight's like, hey, everybody, I'm the Green Knight. And everybody's like, who the fuck's this guy? And he's like, guess what? If one of you can strike a bow, meaning like, you know, kill me or cut me or whatever, uh, you have to do this. I'm, I have to, I have to do the same thing to you Christmas next year. So again, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So why don't you just like prick his finger and then next Christmas he'll prick your finger and then we'll be done. But no, no, no. Um, Gawain has to get Excalibur and he has to cut the uh, Green Knight's head off. Green Knight then picks up the head one year's time and runs away. Now, am I correct on what I just described, right? Green Knight comes in and he says, I have to, you guys have to like do something to well, me and I do the same to you. Put, put a little bit more, more flair into this, Jordan. I mean, it's not that he just came in and was just like, hey, everybody. So, you know, like Eeyore just issuing a challenge. No, he comes in Christmas Day, okay? Interrupts their feast, inter- interrupts their Christmas meal in, to, a, to a high court and says, I'm, you know, hello, I'm the Green Knight. Well, geez, now I'm screwing it up. But he says, you know, indulge me in this game, a, a Christmas game. You know, I challenge you or any one of your knights to this game that uh, if you try to land a blow on me, Whatever blow you land on me, I will return to you in one year's time, right? And the game is more... And again, this is for every story of the Knights of the Round Table. For the most part, they're not necessarily like all fables with morals at the end, but they do represent the growth of life in challenges that you would take in that, you know, in, in your... You know, just just kind of different different areas. Uh, for example, like all the knights when they wore the they wear the five stars, right. and um, oh, they got pulled it up here that the five stars represent uh, uh, the five uh, uh, chivalric uh, virtues that a knight must hold here, um, which the movie goes through. Uh, I see them as somebody wrote them as like friendship, generosity, chastity, courtesy, and piety, and. Uh, those are something that he encounters throughout the rest of this movie after this challenge is that um, he gets to go through all of these stars uh, or all these points, uh, these challenges of these virtues or, that are being tested to see if he's worthy of becoming a knight. And this first one was a great one to do it because exactly, Jordan, like why wouldn't you? Here's a stranger that comes to you on Christmas Day, offers this this game, you know, and he seems to be. Obviously, quite alarming in his in his features, but at the same part, like he, you know, why why wouldn't you just like, yeah, poke him or something? Poke him, yeah. You know, one of the things, one of the things that, and for visually, for people who may not have seen the movie that's listening to this review, think of the Green Knight as a human-sized tree beard. That that's exactly what he looks like. If you don't know who tree beard a tree beard is, two towers, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, he looks just like Treebeard, just human size. Yeah, green in the um, in the earth in the earth sense. But right. Gowan has a point to make. He, as he was talking with Arthur, was ashamed to say that he had no story to share. You know that he is he is not. He's still green. He himself is green right. in becoming a knight. Hey, wait a minute! I get it. 
He's a green knight. Anyway. Maybe he's the green knight, right? So anyway, so yeah, I mean, like, if this happens to me, and we got this 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 ghostly tree beard figure, and it's like, you know, uh, I would I would give him a high five. I don't know. Prick his finger. Like, because if because this thing clearly is not human, so if I cut off his head, it's gonna be the same exact thing. But cuts off his head, thinks he's he wants to show him. off. Yeah. Wanted he, to show he's... off. Green Knight holds his head back up, seeing a year. And it's like, oh, okay. So now I'm like, okay, how's this movie gonna go? Because again, I don't know what I'm watching. So I'm like, is this whole movie gonna be about him? just for like the first six months of the year to say, ah, no big deal, whatever. But then as, as it gets closer and closer, he starts to like go mad and freak out. And that's the movie, not knowing any idea, but it, it, it's, it's a very short year. And from what I, from what I established from it is he spent the whole year doing exactly what he did before. Yeah. In brothels, getting drunk, not doing anything, but, um, Everything becomes real when he starts seeing the first snowfall, I believe, right? He gets thrown out of a bar. He gets drunk in a bar or whatever, and the first snowfall comes, and he knows he has to go face the, the Green Knight. I have a question, and I don't know if you know the answer to this. It would be cool if you do. What would have happened if he just said, fuck it, and never went? Will the Green Knight come after him? No, I, I, I think that – see, the other part about it is, is that as that year was going by – Word had spread of hit of this this challenge. This yeah, okay. exactly. And, and so now there's more than just his family that wants to to build him up and hype him up. Now he has a legend. Now he has a tale behind him, a song behind him, a puppet show. People know his name. They know of this challenge. And so now he's in the spotlight. If he doesn't go, if he doesn't go face the Green Knight then that's eternal shame that he's just going to walk around with because people know the story now and they will know that he did not go to complete okay. it. And so well, that's so, where we'll, we'll go around that, you know, oh, Gowan the Coward or, or whatever the hell, you know, and that's what – so now that – and I'm sure he's even more pissed about it too because he goes to the bar and goes to brothels. He just wants to get away from all this and, and you know, forget about all of it. But everywhere he goes – even the public reminds him of who he is and what is expected of him. Like, oh, you're going, oh, hey, it's almost Christmas, huh? And yeah, you know, fuck that, though. I mean, like, if there is no That's what he's saying. That's, yeah, he's... I know, but fuck that, though, Eric. I'm like, like, if there's no repercussion, if the Green Knight's not going to come back and look for him, if you're going to suffer the rest of your life from being humiliated, okay, I'd rather that than my head get cut off, but, yeah, you know, that's me. Well, you shouldn't have agree to the terms of the game then i mean this this is you know what i mean like this is your honor at stake so would would you you know that whole saying would rather die on your feet or live on your knees well he's choosing to live on his knees here for the for the most part and that's fine but what kind of life is that all right fine valid okay 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 you convinced me so now i start getting into the movie gawain leaves and he gets on his adventure it's like okay now we got an adventure story going on okay um he eventually stumbles upon this battlefield uh nobody's there everybody's dead they all killed each other and there's this uh, scavenger vulture this not a kid not an adult in between i know a teenager but maybe like 17 18 years old kind of kid is thief, thief but he sees he's scavenging stuff stealing stuff off the corpses and gowan's very smug not really telling the kid about anything 
um, and then not really paying attention until the kid tells him, oh, you're looking for the Green Chapel? It's down yonder down there. Now, again, I've never seen this movie, and I'm even saying to the screen, don't trust him. Why, why are you listening to him? Just be like, see you later, thief. You know, because that's your character, right? You're not supposed to trust this guy. So he goes where, um, you know, he, uh, the thief tells him to go. And eventually he is ambushed by two more thieves. And then the main thief comes in and they, uh, you know, well, they rob him, strip him of his uh, clothes into his what? Uh, his old uh, tiny English underwear. Where's his undergarments, onesie? yes. Yeah. Steal the horse, steal everything. Uh, besides, I think that they leave a sword. I, I think they leave a sword because he's able to cut himself. This is the part of the movie where I got interested in, but also there was some definite artistic douchebaggery with it, with visuals that had no reason to be, and camera movements that were really annoying. So, like, he's tied, laying on his side, and the camera does a 360 to show the passage of time, comes back around to him, simulating all one take, and he's now a skeleton. And then the camera moves back around again to simulate time, and he's back to where he is again. Now, that's showing me what his fate would be if he would not get up, but it's like the way they did it, I don't like some of the choices when they moved the camera. To me, it was it was unnecessary to do that. Yeah. To me. No, no, I, I can understand that. I, it's They could have done that another way, I, I think. And I really don't know what, what all they were trying to say with that other than, well, we got out of it, where that yeah, like this could be the fate of, but it's almost like this movie played out in that way, like a choose your own adventure. And this is what, this is where we get to see the end of the adventure real quick. Mm-hmm. And the camera turning back around from the skeleton back into him struggling under the, the tree is almost like, you know, the part where we're like, oh, okay, we're doing a reset. We're going back to this point when mm-hmm. we went right instead of left and we're making the other decision instead and it seemed again i i get it like message received but you just ate up two minutes probably right no it was it was long it was ridiculous that 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 360 shot that was stupid yeah but i i do like the symbolism in in this uh as i said before uh, i'm I'm, i have this 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 list of the virtues in front this was a test of generosity generosity where uh, he shows uh, the the thief a stranger, um, no kindness. He's very cold. Uh, even after the boy uh, offered free advice, knows he's scavenging and has to beg for payment and for his good advice. The guy only gives him a single coin, a penny even, and uh, and kind of fails. Uh, and then yeah, gets jumped down the lake, which I guess I could have seen just because of how that conversation ended. Mm-hmm. You know, I did like the the conversation where he's just like, "Oh no, just a traveler, just a traveler." You know what I mean? Because he's like, "No, no, dude, you don't need to know my business. I'm just, I'm just. Well, I don't need to announce it everywhere that I go." You know, he doesn't right. correct him when he's assumed a knight. He he likes the status. And he's like, "Well, I never said I was a knight." Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you, but you didn't correct him either, which is probably would have been the way to be. Like, no, 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 no knight. I'm just, I'm just a traveler here, boy. You know, type of thing. Uh, and then when he gets jumped, he. He behaves very, very cowardly, you know, very uh, just like a chicken and just like unnightly unnight. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and yeah. Um, and then the thieves see the green axe uh, and then they get carried away and, and run off with it with the mm-hmm. horse. Right. With the horse. So now he's he, he, he gets himself 
untangled. Now we get to the part where I'm still interested, and it's a really weird thing. Clearly, there's symbolism here. Clearly, there's a metaphor here. I think I know what the metaphor is. I'm probably wrong. But the next thing is he stumbles upon this house in the middle of the woods, and clearly nobody's lived there for a long time. Bread's moldy. He goes upstairs. There's nothing in the bed, but he's tired. He's cold. He's hungry. So he begins to sleep in the bed. He gets woken up by a redheaded woman that I think is the same actress in Falcon Winter Soldier, right? She is, yep. Okay. And she's talking to him. I'm not quite following what's going on still. That's pretty much a theme throughout the whole movie. And um, she kind of floats to him. And he kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, ghost. And he tries to touch her. She's like, what are you doing? Follows her out to the pond out back. And she's like, I don't know, robbers, thieves, whatever came in. I don't know if they killed her husband, if she was married or whatever. But she said that they cut off her head. And her head is in the bottom of the pond. And I need you to go get it. And I'm like, what? So before I continue, What? Yeah, no, I I understand what uh, what the confusion of this too. First off, um, this sequence was shot wonderfully. Uh, the oh, the yeah, visual uh, of them walking from the barn to the lake, probably one of the best shots of the movie. Um, I thought it was just fantastic the way they did it. The way the moonlight, uh, the way everything was fantastic. This virtue that we're watching is courtesy. Okay. Because Gowan is rested. I mean, not rested. He's he's exhausted. He's he's tired, and he needs rest. And he stumbles ac- across this house in the woods, you know, and no one's in it. It's vacant. There's a bed there, and so he goes to sleep. He kind of just selfishly just, just squatting and taking uh, whatever. And then uh, when the ghost wakes him up, you know, and gives her, her the story, takes him out to the lake... And just say, hey, you know, uh, here's my sad story. Uh, you know, a li- little side quest, you know, that uh, I was brutally murdered. And uh, I need you to do something for me, please. Af- again, after sleeping in her bed, you know, by the way, basically just taking something. Even though he was spooked when, when she woke him up and he was being very apologetic. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But uh, she says, do me the favor and go retrieve my, my head, my, you know, my skull from the bottom of the lake. And the one thing that he does is says, well, what will you do for me? Yes. And she owes nothing. And yeah, and she seems offended. Like, well, like why were, why would you even expect that? You know, mm-hmm. you came into my house and slept in my bed, and now you're asking for something in, in return? Like, like what what's the matter with you? Right. And, and so after being, you know, uh, put down... In that regard, he says, fine, goes down into the water. We get this really weird underwater sequence that I don't know if there was any other intent for those to, to happen. I understand there were some color choices where uh, I, I didn't I didn't follow along with this. But he gets the skull, goes back into the, the house, completes the body, and I, I assume that the ghost is then freed or, you know. All right, well, okay, so on that, so a few issues. One, as soon as he put his fingers in the water, the first thing that popped to my head was, oh, he's gonna, okay, we're going to get an acid trip. Because this pond kept on reminding me of a review we did last year with Bly Manor, right? So that kind of reminded me of that, the way it looks and everything. Mm-hmm. And then when he – and then, of course, eventually after the acid trip in the water, 
He finds the skull with a little piece of red hair still stuck on it. I thought that was a cool visual. Uh, he brings it upstairs, and on the bed is her skeleton, which wasn't there previous. So what is that telling me? That he walked in, and he laid in that same bed and not realized there was a skeleton there at all? And he was sleeping next to the skeleton? That, like, that was confusing part. Maybe this was the invitation of the ghost. You know, come sleep in my bed, and... You're, you know, the the task for doing so is to retrieve my, uh, yeah, but retrieve my head. Yeah, gotcha. sure. So he leaves and he gets finds himself into a cave, and that's why it's in the beginning of the movie. What does the fox say? Because out of nowhere, the worst, one of the worst CG creations I have seen in modern day, we get a CG fox. I mean, he looks bad. The fox does not look good, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna eat a fox. Nope. He befriends the fox, and then memory served me, oh, in the background, I've seen something small and furry run in the background. So the fox has been following him, mostly since the start of his journey. So there has to be something with this fox, right? I'm seeing it as the virtue of friendship, his trial with the fox. When he first meets the fox, he throws rocks at it, but then he eventually mm -hmm. befriends the fox. But mm -hmm. then, ultimately, at the end, when his friend, the fox, warns him, uh, and tries to ward him away from death, he attacks his friend. Yes, he does. And I have a question about that. Failing that virtue, by the way. So, so uh, him and the fox are buddies. He's getting hungry. He sees mushrooms. I say out loud, magic mushrooms, here we go. Sure enough, um, he eats them, he vomits, and he starts, but look at my hand, bud, and then that's it. Then we get him traveling, and he sees giant women. I mean, giants, they're on a cliff, and these women are towering over it. And I get why you're putting it in there for visual reasons, but I'm scratching my fucking head on why there's even giants here. Was he still tripping on shrooms? Um, I don't think so. The only thing that I can see this having anything too is because he sees these giants walking you know north or wherever he's going and asks them for a ride right they, like, you put hey, me on your shoulder actual uh actually being on the shoulders of giants you know i i don't think it gets any more more literal or figurative than than that right is to be on the actual shoulders of giants as he's trying to shortcut his way um again to the to the chapel so I, that's the only thing I, I can I can see or that I've I've looked up for the meaning of that. I don't know any other reason for it. Okay, so then he gets into Is it, this it's just another kind of him trying to take thing. this shortcut. Yeah, another another kind of um, representation of his eagerness to not do the work. So I could not follow along this movie at Camelot. I could follow along a little bit from the adventure, but now when he goes to this small kingdom with the Lord the lady, which is his wife, and this old grandma figure that's blind, mm -hmm. uh, Jordan's now checked out again. Surprise, this, Joel Egerton cameo. Is that who that is? I, I love him. I, I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of those, uh, um, you know what I mean? Like those, those classically trained kind of just, just actors that could really fit any... He's a, he is a Gary Oldman. He is John Malkovich. I, I think Joel Egerton is in a class of his own, and I, I really hope that you know he stays healthy i think he had some alcoholism issues i could just be here and saying that out of bullshit 
But we all it, have alcohol issues. <laughs> no, I, I could have swore I saw that the internet, but internet rumors don't don't make don't make it true. Either way, I I, I think he's fantastic. He's he's um he's a favorite actor of mine. Well, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't have an issue with him. I just this was confusing to me. This was boring to me. He's gonna um, be Obi Wan Kenobi, by the way. In what? Or he plays Owen Lars. He plays Uncle Owen. Yes, he did. He did in the uh, in the Return of the Sith. He's and he, he is playing it in the in the TV series Obi Wan Kenobi that's coming up later oh, okay. next year. Gotcha. All right. So now I don't understand what's going on, and I don't want to make the episode longer because we got the end of the movie to discuss. But what I took from this was the, the Lord and the Lady were swingers. I'm assuming. No, no. I think this is really just supposed to kind of represent maybe uh, uh, chastity into one. But at the same part, the poem encounters it as uh, just, again, another test that the knight, that the potential knight is encountering. You know, you're able to stay in this house, but just take note, Jordan, that whatever you receive you have to give to me as well which is a very weird thing to to say even in back then you know what i mean versus like now too i'm not trying to you know compare the times but it's just like okay well what do you mean by that i give you a beer you give me a beer kind of thing yeah yeah they think that that's really what it could be taken at is that but you know i my dirty mind went sexual right away just like oh okay this guy is saying, yeah, okay, you can, you can, you know, hook up with my uh, partner over there, but make sure that I get some of that too. And actually, that seems a little weird. But yeah, because it was it, weird. Yeah, because he, because he woke up in his bed and she, she gave him like this green girdle, like this green, yeah, like a belt, which was like a belt. I, yeah. And she humps him, no penetration, and he. Ejaculates on it for some was, reason. Was that a dry hump or was it a handsy? Maybe. Well, e- I mean, I, either I, way, what what we got out of the, this is that um, because in the original poem, I believe he's there for like three days. And the first day, like she gives him, she advances on him. He says no, gives, and he gets a kiss instead. And so the next day, he gives the house owner a kiss, and then the second day, she gives him like two kisses, and then he gives the house owner like two kisses. And the third day, she gives him like three kisses and this this the sash. Or something like that, and then he only gives the owner three kisses and completely, you know, ignores the sash, meaning that you know he, he broke the the agreement, that the bond there. That you know, it, that's this what it says. Upon reading kind of the, the the story again, but and this one we get a bit more of a graphic on that too, where it wasn't just the belt; it's it was, you know, maybe a little bit of something else there too, and maybe a few extra kisses, you know. And yeah, um, because 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 he leaves, and now a, now a crusty belt there, but <laughs> yeah, uh, um, and the Lord kisses him, and I'm just like, oh, is the is is the Lord swinger by? Well, I think the Lord gay? was just like, hey, listen, you came to my house, I showed you hospitality, I you know, I, I hunted for you, I, I you know, uh, I provided for you, I did all this stuff for you, um, you know, and all you did was take. Do you have anything to give to me? And when he goes to get what he, you know, what he's owed, Gowan says, nah, don't worry that. Showing it once again how selfish of a person he is. Right. 
And then the and then the Lord says, "Oh, I I trapped this one. I think it belongs to you. It's the fox." So then they start going down and they see what I just called this red water creek. And then the fox starts to speak. And I didn't understand what the fox was saying the whole time. I, I Again, I didn't have the option of subtitles. So I'm like squinting. For some reason, squinting helps you hear better. I don't know. And uh, I just, I'm not following it. And I believe the fox was his mom. Was it? That's the way I interpreted it. But again, I couldn't hear anything. No, I, I couldn't. I, 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 I think I, – I don't know. I don't know if that fox was supposed to represent anything. I think he was just trying to, you know, b- just be kind of a good faith person. I, I But no, I don't I don't know what that what that was either. Okay. See, I thought it was the mom. But, but either way, he doesn't try to bargain or, or talk with the fox or anything. He just, just shoes him away and says, you know, go back. You, know, you, you weren't supposed to follow me anyway type of thing. Right. Turning and his back he, on to the, to the whole act of it itself. And then he goes down this Red River and we find the uh, the Green Chapel visually great again he walks in and the night's sleeping so he uh sits down indian style and waits until christmas morning which is the next day now this is where jordan gets frustrated so the green knight wakes up and he was like surprised he was there like oh you came you know and and he's like yeah he's like are you ready to suffer you know your your blow and he's just like yeah and he kneels down and the green knight starts to gets ready to chop his head off he flinches he goes wait Kind of cowardly. Green Knight talks to him. He gets in the same position again on all fours, get his head chopped off, flinches again, and and Knight's like, "Come on, bud, <laughs> like let's yeah, go." Yeah, I didn't flinch for you, dude. So right. And then the third time he goes to kill him, cut off his head, and he flinches and he says, "I can't do this," and he runs away. Now the rest of the movie at this point is no speaking and it's all montage. So I'm going to tell you what happens and when I knew something was awry. So he goes back to Camelot. People see him. They bathe him. Uh, they are like, oh, my God, this guy's great. But the camera keeps on painting down to this green girdle. And then he goes back with his mistress lady or his friend, gets her pregnant. He becomes king. The king dies, knights him. But before he dies, he, he becomes the king. And, of course, you know, I can't have this woman as my queen. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, steal her baby. That's also his. And uh, shoo shoo her away and get married to a woman that looks just like uh, the ghost redhead woman in the middle of the film. And he looks miserable. He looks unhappy. There's no talking. There's no nothing. So once he takes the kid away, I know that I'm seeing something that's not real because nobody's talking. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, this is not real. To the point to where um, he has a new queen. He has a uh, he has um, well, well. He already had that first son. That first son, there's a great battle. His first son dies in the battle, and of course, this is hitting home, saying, "Okay, this is not real." And then his castle gets sieged. Everybody abandons him. He's by himself, and he's sitting on the throne. And then he takes off the girdle, and his head falls off. Kind of reminds me of that uh, red ribbon story from uh, Scary Stories. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, that's stupid. Tell me, tell me, and this is what I thought out loud. I was like, please tell me this is not the actual reality and this is something else. Because if this how it ends, that's pretty stupid. And then boom, it cuts back to real time. And he gets ready to, Green Knight gets ready to go, chop his head off. And then he goes, wait, one more thing, takes off the green girdle. And the knight bends down and says, you know, that he's honored or for his bravery or whatever. 
and he's smiling, the green knight, and he puts his finger across his throat and says, now off with your head. So the reason why I went through all that question, because I went back and I read the original story. I prefer the original ending better of the original story because this is so ambiguous. I'm assuming he got his head cut off. And I'm also assuming that with him leaving and we see that montage, Eric, is what his life 100% would have been if he cowered out. What do you think? Oh, yeah. but the, And, yeah, I, I get that the ending was a bit open and you could kind of make your own for it. But this movie really at this point showed that it's really a lot about the, the symbolic story that it's telling. And this is a great sequence because we got to see what a life of cowardice looks like. Someone who's not really making a whole lot of decisions for uh, making decisions in period, actually. Yeah, I think he's, he's doing it because he feels forced into doing them or the pressure from one from the other. You know, get rid of your love and marry for state. It kind of the, this weird uh, sequence there. I, I, I thought it was great. And at the ending, the reason why the, the knight gives him, you know, finally, like, hey, uh, you know, good job, is and um, why it's so symbolic there to take off that, that green sash or girdle or whatever it is, uh, is because he's finally embracing his actions. This is him saying, no, I made this agreement. I did this a year ago. I said that I would come here and do this. It's time I got to nut up or shut up, and it's time to to nut up. And that's what he does: is that he confronts his actions and takes consequence for it at the end. And that's why the Green Knight was just like, "Oh, good, finally, dude. Yes, you know, some some an actual knight behavior is what you're doing right now." And I thought right. that was it was a good sequence. So yeah, did it matter if he gets his head cut off uh, or or not? No, because if he does get his head cut off, then the the song will continue without him. the The story of the tale will continue without him in in great glory and honor. By the way, too. But yeah, in the original story, um, I think he gets a, a a scar on his neck. The the knight doesn't actually cut off his neck, right? right. And the green sash is to represent, um, right? The, not the the dishonesty, right? The the trials that a knight must go through. Yes, um, yes. It was it was all a trial because wasn't the Lord the actual green knight? Yeah. The original, oh yeah. Yes, the the the, the Santa Claus looking Joel Egerton. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was actually the green knight. It was all a test. This is what knights go through to show their honor, their bravery, and all that stuff, which I like more. I like that more because I think that would be better for the character um, for this movie that we got. I prefer that ending, um, but we we got the end that we did. So I guess without further ado, Eric, do you prefer the Green Knight? But it, you mean in- popcorn rating? Oh. Yeah, I didn't say that. Right? I'm sorry. Popcorn rating time, Eric. Do you prefer the Green Knight? Yeah, I, I listen. I, I do. I, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it, it was great. There are again visually, I've not seen a movie like this in so so long. That part when he first accepts, or not first, but when he first leaves to go see the Green Knight, and there's a shot of him on the road, and Camelot's behind him, and the the kids are you know you know chasing after him you know yeah when you know chanting his name and stuff like that too 
that mm-hmm. shot was gorgeous. And yes. he's passing by the, the the sheep, and the stature of that uh, of him of of Dev Patel because he's trying to be all like tough and everything. Then as soon as he passed the the shepherd, his demeanor drops, and he mm-hmm. he looks scared, uh, as if to be like, "Holy shit, what am I doing? What am I actually doing right now?" You know, it just like walking into your death is what you're doing right now. But it was such a great shot, and yeah, there are so many parts of this movie where you're just like, "Wow!" Like I really was just like. Wow, that that could be a poster. That could be a, you know that could be a, a, a great photograph. It was, it just looked wonderful. Um, yes, I feel that um, the Giants thing was a little bit weird. Uh, that kind of took me out of the element there for for a little bit. Uh, I felt that it was typically twenty four, kind of very very artsy. Uh, was it enjoyable? Yeah, but I, I can't give it a large bag because it didn't have a lot of staying power. I don't know if it was because of the two hours that maybe it felt like two hours. You know, it did feel long, but I guess as a medium, I enjoyed it. Visually, it was fantastic, but I I feel like it's not the greatest. You know, it's still right. it's still slow. Um, it's not action packed. There's still a lot of art interpretation uh, that kind of went into it, but. Again, I I got all the beats of it. I got what I needed out out of it. I I think it was a wonderful movie, and um, that, yeah, that's that is what it is. All right. Well, I mean, for me, visually, uh, I mean, this is a large bag when it comes to visuals. Uh, acting wise, I actually thought it was okay. Um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. This is not a movie that I would seek out. This is not a movie that I would watch. Um, this is not a movie that I would ever care to see. I will say that I did enjoy the travels and the ending the most. So I may come back on YouTube and watch those clips here and there in the future. I enjoyed what I got, which is shocking to me because I went as soon as I went in to watch this movie, I was like, this is going to be no bag for me. I already know it. I went in there with the lowest of low of expectations. Um, it, it wasn't bad, but yes, this movie does deserve a medium, um, a, a medium bag of popcorn because it's okay. It's fine. Um, just, not anything that I could say that's different from you. You know, it was confusing some parts. It was hard to hear some parts. Um, but overall, I thought the movie was at least a solid medium. You know, definitely, definitely give me a medium back for this one. Yeah. But like, I didn't so, understand like the axe. You know how like the thieves took it and then he was able to get it back in the cabin. Like that was oh, yeah. a bit. That was kind of a. Yeah. I, it's, 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 this movie is, is, is definitely a metaphor for a lot of things. I mm. think there's more metaphors there than what I'm trying to figure out. But I just – it was okay. I'm I actually – the reason why I'm excited I'm giving this one a medium bag is because, again, I walked into this thinking it's going to be a no bag. This is not a Jordan movie. So I'm thinking, okay. you know, And, and, and for me to give this from a no bag to a medium I think is freaking huge because my wife asked me last night. Before he went to sleep, she was, what are you going to give it tomorrow? And I said, a medium. She was completely shocked because this is not my thing. So, But we hope that Movie Guys Podcast is your guys' thing. And thank you so much for downloading this episode. You can check us out, like always, on all the social media platforms. Also, wherever you get your podcast from, we are on. And thank you so much, everybody. We'll be back next week for another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Have a good night.